0: Date nighters,
1: Tony Embry, excited to hang with you again. Trust your week is going well. Yes,
0: it's back to school time. Backpacks, binders, mm. new curriculum. It makes it me so is. excited. On
1: that, for those who've asked our thoughts on homeschool, private school, public school, all that, we did an episode last fall. I think it was homeschool in the family or something like that. That was the first week of September, so you can go back and you can listen to that.
0: Yes, and we're always here if you've got questions, such so as DM us on the IG. <laughs>
1: DM on this like in your twenties. <laughs> we actually just got a question from Viana Wood is her name. Great name by the way. She said, I remember a podcast you mentioned a parenting class. We are expecting a new baby and we'd love info. Do you want to give that to her?
0: Congratulations. Yes, yeah. the class we recommend to everyone is Training Hearts for Jesus with Mario and Sharon Canavo. And the website is Training Hearts, the number four. Jesus.org.
1: And you just took it again.
0: I did, and I loved it. It's always so wonderful to take because the seasons of parenting are always changing.
1: They are. Well, we have a fun pod today, and this is something you've been fired up about for the past few weeks because it's near you've been studying and discussing with a lot of gals and really a topic we get asked about quite often. Emotions.
0: Emotions.
1: <laughs> you said that dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb. I've actually got a question on emotions for you. What? Why was the nose so sad?
0: Oh no!
1: Because he was getting picked on all the time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And I I should get some props here from all the guys. Not many guys are willing to talk emotions with their wife, open forum, with everyone listening. It's kind of like a minefield. You know, you don't know where you're going to step, what you're going to step into that could blow your leg off. You're my hero, my love. I know. In case we get into (laughs) trouble, though, Ethan has queued up a little Jack and Rose, and so he can always protect me. See?
0: In all seriousness, if you are a lady wondering about healthy, unhealthy emotions or a hubby wrestling with how to interact with emotions, we really pray this helps. We do.
1: Are you ready, my love? Yes. Ethan, ready? Let's roll. How dare you say that to
0: me? What did I say? I don't know, but how dare
1: you? Okay. Today's is going to be a bit different than our norm because we'll be flipping roles, my love, and I'll be asking questions and you'll be answering a few more than you usually do.
0: Why are you afraid?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, (laughs) I'm afraid. The way you said that, that was evil. Why are you afraid? Well, you've been studying this in your counseling training and it's been a real game changer and it's become something of a passion for you. And of course, as you stated, you do provide a female perspective that I cannot.
0: Well, it's a very important topic because it's such a common part of life. Emotions are something we all have and we need to think rightly about them to understand what they are and what they aren't and help others think rightly about them too.
1: So let's start by defining our terms because we all have a view of emotions or feelings, mostly from movies or pop psychology. Or from our parents. And the basic idea, I think most people would agree, is that there's kind of like some ball of end quote reactions that exist somewhere on the inside of us. And based on how we're treated or what happens at work or to money or whatever it is, these reaction balls kind of release and then we're forced to deal with them. Is that fair?
0: Totally. Like that emoji movie. Remember (laughs) where the little guys are inside and depending on who's allowed in the driver's seat, that's how the human ends up acting.
1: But that is not a proper definition.
0: No. The word emotions is actually derived from two Latin words, meaning out and stir up and just means the stirring up to a particular action. So it's really just the inner workings of our attitude. The Bible calls it our heart. That stirs us up to a specific response or action.
1: And that to me is so vital. And we'll talk more about it because your definition is opposite of how we typically picture emotions. For example, my emoji illustration, if I see them as little reaction balls coming at me, then they're outside coming in and I'm kind of the victim that just has to deal with them. But what you're saying is that they're part of me, my internal experience, my inside, and they're directing my outworkings. So let's transition right there and get some biblical background. How would you explain this to someone biblically? How could we do that? Mm.
0: Well, it's like something you alluded to in a recent sermon where scripture talks over a thousand times about our heart. Mm -hmm. So we've got this broad idea of our heart, but rarely take time to examine the various components of what's inside. For example, the mind, the conscience, the will, and lastly, the emotions or affections, which in God's design are meant to be an outpouring of a mind obedient to Christ.
1: And in that sermon, I tried to make that exact point, whereas the world tells people to follow their feelings and let that drive their understanding and choices, the Bible says our understanding should be what drives how we feel and how we then act. And that's Jesus' precise point regarding the reactions when he says, quote, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's proverbial wisdom from Solomon, too. Watch your heart, for from it flow the springs of life. And most people don't realize just how backwards they view these things. I mean, basic psychology says, you're an animal, follow your instincts, chase your heart, whether it's Freud or Spock or any one of the LGBTQIA movement people. And advertisers know that, which is why they put up a lifestyle to match a product, and then they gear it toward a target audience, basically saying, if you want to feel like this person, then eat, sleep, chew, or wear whatever product follow your feelings to build your life choices but the Bible says exactly the opposite. Our understanding of truth should drive our emotions.
0: Yes. And it's clear in the Bible that Jesus had and has emotions, obviously without the sin, but he had deep feelings of frustration, hurt, loss, and joy. So these are things that come from God. And because we're made in his image, we have them too. And like you just said, that means that they aren't just coming from some external experience, what you call the little reaction <laughs> balls, but actually from the inner process of heart, which changes the whole picture because it gives us responsibility over our feelings and doesn't make us a victim to them.
1: Can you flesh that out a little bit? Because it's the key to unlocking so much for us. Like, Like picture a young woman listening and her entire life, she's viewed emotions as something she's responding to, like an external assault. And she even says things like, I struggle with waves of emotion or I'm hit by strong feelings. You know, what would you say to her?
0: First, I'd want to meet her where she's at listen because so many of us have been taught certain things about emotions and feelings and have heard psychological terms used our entire life and even our parents from their parents and we've all kind of learned to define ourselves by this idea that emotions kind of rule our mental space mm-hmm. but then i'd want to work alongside her and slowly untangle from all the pop psychology to begin defining terms via the bible which is so important discussing how if we're a believer the holy spirit is inside of us and he helps us to think rightly according to the scriptures and all Also, that our emotions don't run us, but we
1: run them. How does someone do that? That's a really good line. We run them. How do they do that?
0: I believe the key is the Bible never emphasizes activity over the emotions, but instead, like what you were preaching about, emotions are an outworking of my thinking. And that's why Paul says we want to take thoughts captive. Hmm. He doesn't say take emotions captive. And that's because my feelings are a direct line out from my thinking. So the more I control my thoughts, the more my feelings will follow.
1: So devil's advocate on that one. Does that mean that all feelings are bad? Because I'm sure someone is listening and they're thinking, oh, you're really downplaying, you know, my very real emotions.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely not. Which is why I pointed out Jesus's feelings. There's nothing, nothing wrong with experiencing feelings. We just want to make sure that the starting point of the feeling is godly, because we can have a sadness that flows from the flesh or a sadness that flows from the spirit. It hmm. all depends on our thought process. The point
1: being, we're controlling emotions, not vice versa.
0: Exactly. Uh, they're part of my heart. So if I'm sad because an experience isn't glorifying God or has consequence for a family member or friend, that's very godly sadness. But if I'm just sad because I feel left out or you're sarcastic or didn't put the toilet seat down (laughs) or say I look pregnant. The point being that... (laughs) (laughs) those are not biblical reasons to feel that emotion. Those are outworkings of a fleshly heart, a selfish heart, or a heart whose identity is idolizing you instead of fearing God alone. See, it's not that my emotions went out of control, like they have a mind of their own, but rather my thought process stopped Mm. looking to God's sovereignty, goodness, and wisdom, and my feelings are exposing the attitudes of my heart that need to be addressed.
1: I wanna stop right there. That is so good. For the guy or gal listening, and this is game-changing because it was for us, Mm. Let's let that sink in. Biblically speaking, our mind and emotions are not enemies. They're one and the same they're partners together. And the Lord commands, you're saying, that our feelings be an outflowing of our mind, obedient to him, submitted to him, just like every other part of our body. And there's no excuses to that, regardless of what others say, what others do, or even when trying circumstances come.
0: Yes. And here's where the rubber meets the road. This means that nobody can hurt my feelings. Now, ladies, do not be upset that I just (laughs) said that because I was a little bit offended when I first heard this. But because my feelings are simply an outworking of my thoughts, another person can't hurt my feelings. They can only disappoint my expectations. Mm,
1: That's good. So when we feel hurt, end quote, we need to evaluate the emotions and trace them back to our belief system. Kind of like the emotions are a fire alarm to the soul that says, you know, something in the mind's on fire.
0: Yes. One counselor I greatly respect said exactly that. Emotions are a diagnostic tool, like the little check engine light, you know, showing engine trouble, showing us where we need to go to God in prayer and mm-hmm. Bible study and confessing to our spouse or our pastor to get the mind right.
1: Wonderful. Love it. Okay. Let me move this over to real life. What's the day-to-day impact of all this? For the couple listening, realizing that they're commanded to think right and to feel right, what's the real-life deal?
0: Speaking to the women, remember that your emotions are revealing hidden parts of your thought process. And when you see feelings that are overly strong or uncontrollable and oriented around yourself rather than the glory of God, they're revealing an agenda or desire or expectation that may not be God's will. And you want to use that as a diagnostic tool to confront and confess.
1: And I'll jump in right there for the guys, because often we view feelings as an quote woman's issue. Mm. When in reality, they simply, ladies, talk more than we do. And that's surveys prove that. So we have a greater awareness of their emotions, but the reality is, is we have them too. We all experience as men the sensations of jealousy and greed and envy and hurt and resentment and longing. And all it takes is hearing about a buddy's new home or raise. And, and here's the key. The Bible doesn't say God judges the emotions, but it does say he judges the outcomes, the motives and the actions and the thoughts of that. And it's those thoughts that created emotions and choices. And that's where God will hold us accountable. So just like our wives, we have to nip the sinful emotions immediately. We have to trace it back to the thought process and make sure that we've confessed and confronted that particular sin. I mean, I'll give you an example. It's like if you have a brother who he's, gets something that you enjoy, and you sense that feeling of longing or covetousness, you have to trace that back to the heart condition and make sure you confess it. I mean, just the other night, I had a dog barking outside, this little <laughs> golden doodle, and I was so angry, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I wanted to go down there, and I wanted to knock on their door, and I actually had to work through this and say, okay, obviously there's a sense of of... of justice and a sense of um good decorum for neighbors but the reality is is they're allowed to have a little puppy and they're Mm. allowed that little puppy is allowed to bark all that it wants at 3am in the morning i have to work out that thought process that makes me angry about the golden doodle and make sure that i've confessed that to the lord and so good not be angry at a golden doodle yes they're hard to be angry at (laughs) they are (laughs) they're so cute. cute
0: and just to add an addendum there for the gals and this will be helpful understanding the proper order of thoughts and emotions it in no way minimizes the feelings. It's just helping you to interpret them, to rethink the order and process by which emotions come. I hope that makes sense. So for example, if we've incurred a traumatic event like abuse and strenuous emotions are attached, that's to be expected because our mind has been deeply affected by the sinful activity But the road to recovery isn't sitting with a psychologist to work through, in quote, emotions, but rather to meet with a pastor or counselor to analyze how the new mind in Christ turns to God's sovereignty, turns to God's wisdom and goodness amidst trial, And as our mind is renewed freshly in God's plan and power, our emotions will begin to follow suit.
1: Okay, I'm going to tread into some very deep waters here, but I heard this from you, so I hope you're you're okay with it. So if, for example, what you just said, I can't, meaning me as your husband, can't hurt and quote your feelings, but rather can disappoint your expectations, which naturally prompt emotion, then technically speaking, one could argue it's not me doing that. Oh, no. So... One could argue it's not really my fault that you're sad. You can see where I'm going here. This is like a husband's get out of jail free card. I can just picture all the messages we're going to get on Instagram (laughs) for this. You know, my husband keeps playing that part of the pod on repeat, you know, it's not me, it's you. Um, So speak to that, like for the person who's listening and they're going, okay, so I'm understanding what you're saying. Emotions are a part of my thought process. They're not happening to me, which means I can control them. And the reality is it's not what's happening to me, but it's what's happening in me. But is that giving an open door for someone to just stomp on me? How would you respond?
0: Obviously in the big picture, The husband is called to love his wife as Christ loved the church. But when it comes to the little things in day to day, I'd actually say you're right. For Mm -hmm. example, you've disappointed my expectations, which can be many things like not coming home on time. And I now have a response in my heart to the ruined expectations or frustrations. And those are feelings of hurt and they can come out in reactions of coldness, sullenness, tears, yells. But the big spoiler to quote Nicholas Allen is who set the expectations I did, Mm. remembering if I always do what I always did, I'm going to get what I always got and I will feel what I always felt. So lower your expectations and increase your love and you'll immediately find that your feelings and sense of self-control begin to change. And feelings aren't hurt so often. And I'll add to this is, This is what the gospel is all about. Mm. One of the leading causes of my tendency to self-love is fear. Like I fear if I don't love and protect myself, there won't be anyone to do it. But the gospel frees me from the shackles of self-love by assuring me that the love of God is infinitely superior to any love I could ever give myself. And his astonishing love for me renders self-absorption unnecessary and sinful. And then like 2 Corinthians 5 says, the love of Christ controls us.
1: That is so good. So... Why is this concept so difficult to accept? I mean, it's easy to say, but it's really hard to to accept. We're 20 years in and just scratching the surface on this stuff.
0: Totally. I think because as a woman, I'm fearful of letting you minimize my pain, mm-hmm. and I'm scared of giving rope, fearing you'll meet my needs even less, and so it comes back to control, to fear, to desires and disappointments, and to be fair, many ladies haven't been in safe marriages, but even in one with the best husband in the world, <laughs> my flesh wants to use usurp Genesis 3, to blame, to fear and control instead of trusting you and more so trusting my Savior.
1: And I would probably add into that that culture obviously isn't helping. For nearly 100 years now, we've been told what we talked about earlier, that emotions define, feelings define, the real S is down on the inside. They call it nihilism, you know. But then when people reach in there and they don't find it, they don't find the joy, they don't find the happiness or the answers, then naturally the outcome is sex, drugs, alcohol therapy, and all that, which is why you know we see people marching in the streets and burning down the cities. The CDC just released a report, their 10-year study, saying that now nearly 25% of people in the LGBTQIA community have tried to commit suicide, which is absolutely astounding.
0: So heart-wrenching. And I know we've been a broken record the past few months, but that's why Paul was so unique and was content in all circumstances, not pulling the victim card, not justifying his emotional outbursts, but submitting always his will, his heart, his emotions to the Lord's plan
1: and finding the peace that passes understanding.
0: Amen. Well, if any of you ladies would want more resources on this topic, some personal favorites are True Feelings, God's Gracious and Glorious Purpose for Emotions by Carolyn Mahaney and Nicole Whitaker. And another is Lies Women Believe by Nancy Wolgamuth, which can help you take your thoughts captive in obedience to Christ.
1: I got another question for you. You ready? Sure. What do you call a sad strawberry? What? A blueberry.
0: Oh, I love your jokes. (laughs)
1: Okay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this fallen world, we all struggle against the flesh. Yet you've given us a new heart in Christ, with a mind that understands you, a will desiring to please you, and emotions that then flow forth for you. So help us, as Bree just said, to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and to react accordingly. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Date Night family, we will be back in one week. A special thanks to the team at For the Gospel, Ethan, our producer, and everyone at Mission Bible Church. Until next time, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the the family.
1: Blueberry. <laughs>